0: We're still teaching through James. The title of the message today is attend to your duty. Attend to your duty slash be patient. Be patient. Attend to your duty slash be patient. Now we covered most of the three sins of pride found in James chapter Four and five, and the first sin was speaking. We said against and judging God's royal law, which the royal law was, "Love your neighbor as yourself," which is taken from Leviticus nineteen eighteen. I hope you're not getting tired of hearing James, because James was not tired of speaking to the church. And, of course, we know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So, therefore, God is not tired of instructing the body of Christ because He loves the body. He loves you. We have talked about speaking against one another and we have talked about a lot of things in James. We also talked about self-confident boasting, in uh, really planning without God. That was the second one we talked about. We also talked about the bad stewardship of the rich, and we brought it a little home in saying that let's apply it to ourselves. We did that last week. Let me ask you a question. Of the things we've been teaching in James, that James has been teaching us, have you had any experiences where God has, you know, given you opportunities to show that, hey, I got James down, you know, I passed that test? Has He given you opportunities, or has Satan given you an opportunity to fail in that area? Anybody? Okay, right. I know I have. Anytime, anytime you teach a message or hear a message, uh, usually, usually now, the opportunity comes to apply that message. And so I know that uh, I had to ask for forgiveness. I know I had to uh, thank God for getting it right. All those type of things come. And so it's not a, a, a bad thing to be tested at all because you know where you stand and if you don't stand uh where you should in the word of god then you repent and you keep going and god will give you another opportunity somewhere down along the line we're going to pass our test we're going to pass it and so i know that god is good and his his objective is to bless us beyond what we're blessed now so i'm i'm excited about Uh, all the things we're teaching in John. Let's pick up from where we ended last week. We ended in chapter uh, 5, verse 4. Let's pick it up in chapter 5, verse 5. And we'll try to get through verse 12 today. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. Now, wanton pleasure suggests wasteful, basically. That's what it was talking about. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. Let's look at the first part there. It says that, you know, you have lived a self-indulgent life like the prodigal son. You've lived a life like that here on the earth. In wasteful pleasure, that's what he's saying to those who are rich. And we know he's talking to those who are rich. And we know we're applying it to ourselves because we don't want to, we don't want the message just to be going to those who are not here. And nobody raised their hand for, I don't think we have a millionaire yet in the the congregation. So nobody raised their hand so we can apply it to ourselves. And that's what I want to do, apply it to ourselves. And I know that, that I don't want to be wasting God's finances on things that are just self-indulgent. My flesh. And there are a lot of things that can do that in, in, in society. They, have, they make beautiful cars. They make beautiful homes. They make beautiful furniture. They make beautiful everything. I mean, it's some nice looking things, you know. And so we can all get discontent in where, what, what we have and where we are, and we want more. Our eyes are never full, so Proverbs say. You know, the eyes of man are never full. So we know that we can, we can get wasteful, but God is saying, I don't want you to do that. I want you to be rich towards me. That's what he's saying, rich towards me. And that's what I want to be. I want to, I want to be rich towards God. Now, in verse 5, We want to go from there to Luke 16 and give you some example. Some examples of what he's talking about. Luke 16:19. Let's turn there. Let's give you scripture examples. Verse 19. Now, there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen. And of course, you know there's, there's um, a wealthy person back then in those days joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. That's not a good situation, is it? Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, been in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life, you receive your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, bad things. But now, he has been comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us and you, there's a great chisholm fixed. So that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able to do so. And none may cross over from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers. In order that they may warn them so that they may, they will not come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father, Abraham, but if someone goes there there to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. And that's an example, and you've read it before, you've heard it before. Now, He said, if if he don't pay attention to Moses and the prophets, well, do you know everything that prophets said? Do you know everything that Moses said in the five books? Do Do you know those? It's too much, isn't it, for us to really memorize, isn't it? But we know that all the law and the prophets can be summed up in this word. Which is a royal law, isn't it? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right? Because love does no wrong to his neighbor. Because all the law and the prophets are summed up in that. Which is Romans I think, 13.10. So we know the law and the prophets. We know what, what God has said. Because we know what he said in the New Testament. God is telling us that... It's not enough for you to think about here and now. It's not enough. It's not enough for you to think about the pleasure that you are having now or the comfort you are having now. It's not enough. See, what God wants us to think about is the comfort and the pleasure we're going to have on that day when we are with him. See, that's eternal. That's not, uh, you know, temporal. That's not uh, this 90 to 100 years, if we are that fortunate. 95, 110, you know, whatever we live, is not enough. Because eternity is eternity. It's eternity. It doesn't end. So which is more important to us? Is it more important what our friends think about us? Is it more important what kind of car we drive? Is it more important what kind of house we live in? Is it more important how much food we have on the table? Is it more important uh, how many fine clothes we may have? Is it more important for that or is it more important that we make a place for us in heaven where we'll be like Lazarus? Now, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to necessarily be with sores, you know, uh, and dogs looking out sores outside a rich man's house. We don't want to be that way. I don't think God intends for us to be that way. But there again, we have to be willing to help the Lazaruses of this world. We've got to be willing to help those in need. And in order to help in this society, it takes finances. Now, we can help them, of course, with, with time. We, can sit, uh, we could have gone outside the rich man's gate and, and, and sat down with them and just talked to them and said, everything's going to be okay, you know. Uh, I know you're hurting right now uh and you tell the dog, get away dog, you know, you don't need to be looking on his tape and you're looking on his sores, you know, get away. And we can we can comfort him and then we can go back to our nice house and get in bed, you know, and look at T V, you know, big screen, you know, flat screen, you know, surround sound, you know, uh all the different channels. Right? We can do that. But that's not God's purpose, is it? For us. He has made made us to uh be like him. And he says it's more blessed to give than receive. So we need to be about doing God's business here on this earth. We need to be looking around seeing what can we do with our finances that we're not doing now. And, of course, I know you say that, hey, don't you understand that uh, things are hard now. You know, food is going up. You know, it's hard to uh, do anything. You know, they, they're going up with electricity. Uh, or everything is going up, you know. I, can't, I just can't make it myself. Well, see, we can't forget what he's already said to us. Uh, in uh, Matthew, he told us that take no thought, and he said in Luke too, for what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. Don't take no thought for those things because the nations, all the nations, you know, they are concerned about those things. He said he has he had knowledge that we have need of those things. He says for, for us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all those things will be added to us. Is that correct? So, we have to work in order to give. We know some scripture said, if you don't work, you don't eat. We know that scripture. okay? But there's another scripture that says, we should work to be able to provide for others also. So, we have to do both of those things. And so, we have to be looking for those opportunities. So, this is what... Uh, He's telling us here in James. Let's look at verse 6. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man, and he does not resist you. Now, in chapter 2, verse 6, he had already told us that, but you have dishonored the poor man. It is not the rich who oppresses you, and personally drag you into court. In other words, he's saying that, uh, I don't want you to show partiality to the rich and slight the poor, uh, because that it's the rich who will drag you into court. So it tells us over here in chapter five, it tells us that, that they are going to take you to court, yes, and, and even, even condemn you and put you to death. Now sometimes when you go to an unjust judge in those days, uh, they, they would, uh, be harsh on you. And if if a, if a wealthy man wanted the judge to uh, take care of his problem, then the judge would take care of his problem. And it's not unheard of. You know, you can search the scripture, and we know that that um, in the Old Testament, we have a person who did not receive justice. Yeah? Jezebel, uh, uh took care of a, of a situation that her husband wanted this vineyard that belonged to somebody else. Is that correct? And she took him to court, had, had people to say all manner of falsehood against him, and, and end up, the man died. The man got killed, you know, because of Jezebel. We know in the New Testament that all justice is not just. We know that. Because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was, uh, he was taken, uh, to what called court, and, and what happened to him? Of course, he was condemned also. They let, a, uh, you know, a, a sinner go and wanted to, you know, uh, crucify our Lord and Savior. And we know it was done because of God's will, but still, that's still unjust. Isn't it unjust? Yeah. So we know that that can happen. See, the rich have, they have power. And influence with unjust judges because they have finances, and that's all all in society, and it 's all on the news, you know um, how money will can get you places, and hopefully we have somebody who's just that will bring that uh, to the right just source, which they are doing, and that's good let's look at verse seven, therefore. Be patient. This is our duty to be patient. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of of the Lord. Now that patience is what we call long-suffering. That's what patience is. Long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? Suffer a long time. Okay? That's what it means. Now what God doesn't want us to do is to have a a short a a fuse. He doesn't want us to have that. In other words, we get angry quick because we get uh, irritated, frustrated uh, with people. And so God says, no, no, no. I want you to be patient with people. I want you to be long-suffering. Really, that is a uh, character quality of a person who has integrity. A person who has integrity... They're going to have patience. They're going to have long suffering. Actually, if you look in Galatians, it's going to be one of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Long suffering. That's very important. How long suffering is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? How, how long suffering is our Father, God? You know? He's long suffering, isn't he? If he weren't not long suffering, then Jesus would have already come back by now. Because he's not willing for none to be lost, all to be saved, and come to knowledge of the truth. He waits. Maybe somebody else will come in today. Yeah. So he's dependent upon us to be doing something, isn't it? Aren't we? Isn't he dependent on us? We shouldn't just leave here, just sit and just leave here, and we see, oh, so many people between now and next Sunday, and we say nothing to them about the glorious salvation of our Lord. You know? So He's patient. He's long-suffering. I'm so thankful that He's long-suffering. Okay? We all... Well, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. You know, I I would be not here today. You know? Matter of fact, I wouldn't have been born. You know, if if He weren't long-suffering, I wouldn't have been born. Okay? So God is good, isn't He? He's good. Our duty is to be patient. In Galatians, what's that fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, and what? Patience, Patience, which is long-suffering. Okay. Now, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, let's look there. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord entreats you to walk in a manner worthy of the Calling which you've been called. With all what? Humility and meekness. With long suffering. Okay? With long suffering. That page is long suffering. With long suffering. Okay? That's what he wants us to do. Colossians 3 12. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and, what's that word? And in the Greek it means long-suffering. Long-suffering. 2 Timothy 3.16. And 17. All scriptures are inspired by God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, this is adequate, equipped for every good work. Every good work. How are we going to become more patient? How are we going to be more long-suffering? How, how are you going to achieve it? We can do nothing apart from Him. We already know that. How are you going to achieve long-suffering? Because if you're like me, I'm not as long-suffering as I should be. So how am I going to get there from where I am to a better place in God? How am I going to get there? Well, uh, I've given you all, always, I've always given you, Things that you had to go line upon line, precept upon precept. You remember in James, uh, chapter 4, verse 7, 8, 9, 10, I said, this is a, this is an area that we need to go to all the time because it means that we should be, uh, repenting, right? If I'm missing God, if, you know, you, you know, you're hollering at your children, you know, you're short with your mate, you know, you're not doing what you should, should do, then you need to repent and you go before God. And they said, God, you know, this, this is not right. You know, I, I don't want to be this way. You know, I do things that I, I don't want to do. And the things I want to do, I can't do. God, help me. Help me, Lord. And when you start crying out to the Lord like that, you're drawing near to him. And he said he'll draw near to you. You're starting to be in the presence of the Lord then. And he will exalt you because you're humbling yourself by being in the presence of the Lord. Second Timothy 2. 1-2. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ who judged the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great what? Patience, Patience and instruction. We don't want to be like Moses. We don't be like, want to be that, like, that, like Moses to our children to our mate, to, um, you know, people in our workplaces. We don't want to be like that because, see, Moses got frustrated. He got irritated. He got fed up with people, the people he was leading. They were, they were not his people. They were God's people. But God said, they're your people, Moses. So whose people are they? God said they're Moses, so that means they're Moses, okay? I'm going to side with God. Who are you going to side with? <laughs> you see? So we know that, we know that he got frustrated. He got frustrated because, uh, God told him, said, Look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go, I want you to speak to the rock. But see, Moses was frustrated, see, because they're whining, they're complaining, they're murmuring, you know. You try to lead over a million people, you know, and they don't want, they they say they want to go. Oh, Moses, whatever you say, we'll do. Okay, come on, we're going this way. We don't want to go that way, you know. That's just like people, you know. But you have to be long-suffering, you Because eventually they'll go, you know. They'll go. But you have to show them that you love them and that you care for them. Moses cared so much for those people that he said, God, don't blot out their name. Blot my name out, you know. Because God said, I'll get rid of them. I'll get you another people, you know. He said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that, God. So we know that, that Moses love the people, and we love people that we really holler at, don't we? We love people that we talk about, don't we? We know we say we love them in a way, you know? So I'm telling you that, that you, can get, you can get fed up with people. Let's say your children. You know you love your children. You know that. But you you definitely get fed up with them, you know, don't you? You know, I don't care how little, I don't care how, how big they are. You get fed up with them. And uh, because they're doing the same thing over and over again, they act like they don't hear you, you know. And so God says it, be long-suffering. But how long-suffering, God? As much as I am with you. They'll sell it, won't it? Okay? How much do you want me to be long-suffering with you? God, I'm doing everything right. You know, they're doing everything wrong, you know. No. You don't want God to open the books, you know. Hebrews chapter 6, 12. That you may be not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now you know that we all want to inherit the promises, don't we? We want to inherit the promises. He says that we need to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and And long suffering. You're not going to have long suffering if you don't have trust in God. You're going to have to totally lean on God. You're going to have to totally, uh, you know, uh, throw yourself on God. So, God, you know, even though it looks bad, God, I know that you can change things in a blink of an eye. So, therefore, I'm going to be long suffering with this person. You know, it looks like they're never going to be anything. Looks like, you know, looks like I should give up on them, but I'm not God because you didn't give up on me. Isn't that great? He didn't. James chapter 5, verse 8. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. Philippians 4, 4 and 5 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. It said, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, in the King James, that moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And that moderation means that, you know, your tolerance, let your tolerance be known to all men. People should see us in the workplace. Our children should see us as parents in our homes. And we should see our children, we should see them at home and see them talking to one another, sister to sister, brother to sister, brother to brother. We should see them, their tolerance of one another. We should see it. We should see it. Because that's what God says. We should let our tolerance be known to all men, our long-suffering. And we find that in the homes, most of the time, you know, with, um, particularly with teenagers, you know, they are not very, well, not, we start lower than that. We, we start, we start as soon as they can walk and talk. Uh, <laughs> they're not too patient with one another, you know. They want to take each other's toys, you know, they want to do that. And, and they are, they are very impatient with one another. And you, you know, you could, you can be in a situation and, and, um, you, you hear them, you, you're talking to somebody, as like I said, a restaurant. You're talking to somebody, and then somebody, phone, 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 You get the phone call, you know, and they say, what you want? And you already know it's one of their sister or their brother because nobody going to talk to nobody like that unless it's a sister or brother, you know, because that's how sisters and brothers talk to each other, you know. It shouldn't be that way, should it? It shouldn't be that way. We're not like that, are we? Definitely as adults, that's a, that's a teenage thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's a teenage thing. That's, that's not an adult thing, you know. James 5, 9. I don't know why, I mean, I really don't know why James keeps harping on the same thing over and over again, you know. It says, do not complain, brethren, against one another. Don't you get tired of hearing that? I mean, how many times has he said it? He said in chapter one, he said in chapter two, he said in chapter three, he said it again in chapter four, and he said it again in chapter five, not five chapters. He said in every single chapter, he's saying the same thing to us. Stop letting our tongues wag against one another. Stop letting our tongues be set on fire by hell. Stop it, you know. Stop talking against one another. Stop complaining against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Now, didn't he already tell us that? He told us that in in, in James uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Didn't he tell us that? that if, you, if you talk against one another, what you're doing is talking against the law and judging the law. And if you are uh, a... A uh, judge of the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. He tells us. So we know that he's told us that. For why is he keep telling us the same thing over and over again? Does he think we're just slow? What do you think? You know. Why do you think he tells us that? I mean, James is. I mean, James is. Mean, he's telling us that over and over again. I think I can remember if he told me one time, I think I can remember that. How about you? I don't think I can either. And I know, I, I know, it, I might remember it in my head, but I surely don't do it. Do you don't know what I'm saying? So it's got to get from head knowledge to where it's a part of my life, to in my flesh, to, it's just that. I just don't want to do what James tells me. I, I don't want, I don't want to mess up. So he's told me five times. So I'm, I'm beginning to get it. I'm beginning to get it. Not yet though, but I'm beginning to get it. Have you got it yet? Those who say everybody said they, they got it now. You know what's going to happen this week, don't you? The test's going to come. Who who's that said Amen? So I, so I so I so I can so I can check them out. See. I I knew you couldn't resist. (laughs) You're supposed to cover him, see? You're supposed to cover him, see? (laughs) He says that the judge, he said, behold, look, look here. The judge is standing right at the door. So we know that he's serious about that. So I don't have to belabor that. Okay. We'll go to the next one. Verse 10. In verse 10, it says, For an example, brethren, the suffering and patience, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Well, what what, what happened to some of the prophets that spoke in the name of the Lord? Where they say, everybody who heard them said, whoopee, yeah, woohoo!" What do you think in the Old Testament? Let's look at Chronicles chapter two, verse thirty. Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter thirty-six, verse fourteen through seventeen. Furthermore, all the officials and the priests and the people were very unfaithful, following the abominations of the nations. And they defiled the house of the Lord, which he had sanctified in in Jerusalem. And the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by his messengers. Because he had compassion on his people and his dwelling place. Why does James keep telling us over and over and over again the same thing he's told us five times now? Why is he telling us that over and over again? Because the Lord has compassion on us. He wants us to get it right, doesn't he? Okay. It hasn't changed. He kept sending the word over and over again to them by, the, by his messengers, the prophets. Okay. Verse 16. But they continually mocked his, the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought up against them a king of the Chaldeans who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on the young, on, on young man or virgin, old man or infirm. He gave them all into his hand. And we know that he still had compassion because he brought them out. We know that. God is always good, he always does that. Now, y'all are not mocking me, are you? Are you? you don't even want to talk to me now. I guess you're not speaking to me, you know? <laughs> In other words, I'm bringing you the message of James. And I'm telling you over and over again what James said over and over again. And the prophet is saying something over and over again. And we know that God has compassion on all of us because I'm talking to myself as well as I'm talking to you. And we know that we're not going to mock James, are we? Because if we mock James, we're mocking God. We don't want to mock God, Okay verse 11 we count those blessed who endured who have heard you have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the lord's dealings that the lord is full of compassion and is merciful the lord is full of compassion and the lord is merciful never forget that i don't care uh, what position you're in what state you're in what problem you're in what your circumstances are, never forget that the Lord is compassionate and He's merciful. Okay? You can be the worst of the worst in the worst of the worst places and have done the worst of the worst, but if you cry out to the Lord, He will answer. Okay? Because because He's good. He's just good. Okay? Let's go to um, verse 12. But above all, my brethren... Do not swear, neither by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Now, we'll start right there. Um, That's not on your PowerPoint, but anyway, um, this verse is telling us that we have the reverence to the, the, the the we have the reverence to the name of the Lord. We have to reverence the name of the Lord. See, what, what happens sometimes is uh, we get complacent and we get uh, kind of flippant with the, with the name of the Lord. The Lord don't want us to do that, Okay. And the third commandment tells us that we don't use the Lord's name in vain, okay? So, in other words, we don't use it as something useless, something worthless, just flippantly. We don't use that Lord's name like that. And so we don't go around and say, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is, I can't believe what they did, you know? You know, you see people sometimes, you know, uh, on HGTV, you know, y'all have watched that sometime. Y'all don't watch TV, okay? You're too holy. Okay. Um, but I watch HGTV uh, sometimes, and, and uh, they, they'll do something real nice, you know. Uh, they'll fix up somebody's house, and uh, especially the, uh, people who didn't expect them to do something, they come in, they build, they build them a house, they, they do everything good. And, and they'll come in and say, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, God said, I don't want you to use my name in vain, okay? I don't want you to just use it flippantly. You can say, oh, my Oh my, just leave God out of that. Okay? Because you're not meaning anything anyway. It's just a figure of speech, you know all you're doing. Okay? Uh you, you know a lot of things we say and we use God's name, don't don't you? Right? Uh just start asking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, catch these things that I'm saying uh with your name. When I call your name, it's gonna mean something. Okay? I'm gonna be serious about this thing. I'm either praising you or I'm in prayer. It's not just some flipping something we're saying, you know. We're not we're not doing that. God is holy; He's righteous. Okay, so we're not going to do that. And then the second part of that uh, tells us that. But let your yes be yes, and your no no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Now, uh, in this verse, part of the verse. He's telling us be men and women of integrity. We don't have to. We don't have to swear uh, uh, by heaven, by earth, by the sanctuary, by nothing. You know, we don't have to swear using God's name. We all we had to do, and we're talking about. We're talking about now just when you want to impress upon somebody that you mean what you say. You know, have you ever said something like that? See you know I, I I'm a, I'm gonna be there you know God's my witness I'm gonna be there we say say some something you know don't 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 use God's name in that. just say I will be there we have to be men and women of integrity enough to do what we say we're gonna do okay and what you say you're not gonna do don't do it that's what he's trying to get us to just like he is if he says no he means no if he says yes he means yes. God doesn't have to, you know, just use uh, his name just to be using his name. Okay? So let's practice that. Let's practice uh starting... I I, I know I need to practice. Let's start practicing whatever we say we're going to do. Whatever we say we're going to do. Because the church is notorious at not doing that. Do you understand it? We'll say, you know... uh, Oh, you're so nice. I really love you, you know. You're, so, you're my best friend. And, you know, next year, might be next month, uh, you'll say, so, so, hey, where's your best friend Mary? I can't stand her, you know. <laughs> Come on, you know. I thought she was your best friend. And, we, we, and, and those who are real spiritual, what we usually do is say, well, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what, this is it right here, you know. And then when, when, when you change your mind, you say, well, well, God is leading me. Um, He's changed me. Oh, He has. I don't believe He's changed you. I believe it's your flesh. That's what I believe it is. God hasn't changed. Do do you understand what I'm saying? We do that a lot. We do that a lot. And we shouldn't do that. We should be men and women of integrity. If we say that we're going to be there, then be there. If we say that, you know, hey, I'm going to go over here, Lord willing, and I'll, I'll do this right here, then do it. Because people count on you sometime to do what you say you're going to do, you know. They don't want to, you know, get all uh, dressed up, you know, and all ready. And you say, well, hey, you know, we're going um, to be jogging. And we're going out to the Y. We're going we're gonna to jog and we're going we're gonna to spend some time there. Uh, meet me there at 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm still asleep. And you call me and say, hey, uh, what happened? Man, you know, I, I, you know, God led me to sleep some today. <laughs> Man, come on, God didn't led you to do nothing, you know. People been telling me I need to get more rest, you know. <laughs> come on, you know. You know how we, we do those things, you know. We don't, we don't need to do those things. So this is a wake-up call for Christians. Okay, next week what, what we're going to do is, is cover prayer, 13 through 18, uh, and we're going to try to get 19 and 20 in there also. And but well, we might save 19 and 20 to uh, the next Sunday. That I want you to start thinking about already uh, two Sundays from now, which is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, because I want to have a I want to have a uh, a Hallelujah service, you know. I want to have uh, have testimonies of, of the goodness of God. I want to uh, praise God in between uh, testimonies and things like that. Um, I want to hear from you, okay? Uh, because if God is really good, surely you ought to be able to testify of that. Is that true? Okay, and be willing to do that. So, uh, if you have a testimony that you want to share of how good God is, uh, email me. Uh, Cornerstone, uh, Comet, calm comcast.net uh, Just email me and uh, let me know that you want to do some to Get it, and she will give it to me. Because um, I, I I would like to hear from you. Okay. let's stand is James good? We're closing out James. We're going to have a, a communion uh, also this Sunday before Thanksgiving. So not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, we'll have communion also. It's going to just be a hallelujah service, okay? It'll be a little different from what we're having now, okay? Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Uh, you, you're really uh, showing us how much you care for us, Lord. You sent James to us, Lord. You got it in written word, Lord. You got it in, in a lot of different uh, versions, Lord, that we can, we can just hear what you're telling us as a church, Lord. You're telling us so much, Lord, so much, in order to get us aligned to be blessed more. And we appreciate it, Lord. We appreciate it. And we are purpose. Not to be like the Israelites in the Old Testament, Lord, that they were stiff-necked, they were stubborn, they wouldn't change. We're not going to be that way, Lord, because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Holy Spirit is our teacher, he's our guide, he's our comforter. He lets us know, reminds us of those things you said to us, Lord, and he loves us. And he wants to guide us into all truth. So therefore, Lord, we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. reminding us of those things that James has already said to us. But we know it's you, Lord. We know you are speaking through James. Because you care so much. And even though we are many, 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 many years away from that time. It still is relevant for today. It suits us today, Lord. And we said be glorified in these bodies, Lord. Be glorified with these tongues, Lord. Be glorified with our feet. Be glorified with our hands. Be glorified, Lord, in everything that we do say and everywhere we go. If there is anybody here today that have not given your life to Jesus Christ, Now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. If you raise your hand and put it back down, we'll pray for you. Is anybody like that here? They say today I, I want I want to be in the family of God. I've heard about him. I, I know but people have been telling about it. But today is a day I'm crossing over. Is anybody here? They would like to make that step. Is anybody here today? Say you know I hear James and I recognize this the word of God, and today is a day that I'm going to start changing. I'm going to set my face like a flint to change. I'm going to set my heart like a flint to change. If you'll raise your hand and put it back down. If that's you, we'll pray for you. Thank you. Father, you've seen the hands. And you know, Lord, that my hand is always up on everything. Because I need everything. I need more and more, and more, wisdom, I need more, and more, anointing, I need more, and more, integrity, I need more, and more, forgiveness, I need more, and more, love, I need more, and more everything, Lord, I need more, I need more, and I know that you want me to have more, fill me again, fill those again that raise their hand, Lord, fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, Cause their ears to be so sensitive to your spirit, Lord, that when they get ready to open their mouth to say something against somebody, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be caught right there. When they, when they open their mouth to complain, it's going to be caught before it comes out. When it's time to give, they're going to freely remember What the Lord said is more blessed to give than receive. And we don't want to be like the rich man or the content and comfortable man and ignore those in need. So remind us, Lord, and we're so grateful.